Welcome to another episode of Sustainably You podcast. My name is Viva and I have with me my co-creator, Philip. Yes, I hope Simi's enjoying her summer break in Denmark. Denmark, yeah. yeah. She's she's having fun. All right. While, while we sit here in the summer heat. Yes, in the desert. Recording this episode. But I'm happy to be back to yeah. recording because I've missed the last few episodes. Right. You were having a vipassana, a yoga uh, retreat? Yeah, it was a meditation retreat. All right. Well, it's you a, look a... charged up. <laughs> yeah, it is a 10-day silent meditation retreat. Yeah. So it's quite intense. But, nice. But in the, in the end, it's... You feel amazing. So your batteries are all charged. My batteries are charged. All right. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of batteries, so that's what we're going to talk about today is uh, electric vehicles with batteries. Yes. Philip's favorite topic. Well, one of my favorites. One of your favorites. Yeah. I, I prefer to talk more about waste and yes. poop and stuff. Yes. <laughs> How to turn that into energy. <laughs> yes. And we have a special guest today on the episode, and his name is Mitesh Saveri, and he's Hel my husband. Hello, listeners. Yes. Hey, Mitesh. Yes. Hi, guys. What a surprise. How are you yeah. <laughs> Two of you popped in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's wonderful to be a part of this. So, so Mitesh is an automotive engineer, and he is also a vlogger. He tests cars, he reviews cars, and he's driven almost more than a hundred different types of cars by now yes yeah um, about 130 cars now comprising of electric cars sedans suvs and luxury cars pretty much you name it and yeah i have test driven it and i do car reviews full scale in-depth car reviews which is why i get these opportunities to spend time with the cars for around four or five days and yeah that's how i get all the the latest updates about any car so do you have a channel of your own i do have a channel it's called mr mz cars you can find me on youtube instagram facebook whichever platform suits you you can find everything in there all my updates go on all these social media platforms i've been so doing this for mm -hmm. two and a half no actually three years now and slowly i've made my way into this car journalism because then i was pretty much passionate about so, which is why I did my mechanical engineering first, a bachelor's in mechanical engineering. And then I went to the UK to do my master's in automotive engineering. Nice. And then I have a bit of service experience mm -hmm. in the industry. And then, which is why later on, I decided to just go into the car reviewing industry as well. So, tell us that website again. It's MZ. So, the channel name is Mr. MZ Cars. It's M-I-S-T-E-R-M-Z-E-E. C-A-R-S, Mr. MZ Cars. Okay. So the idea behind the name was quite funny, actually, because I didn't have a name for the channel. So I thought, what should I name it? Then I had a word with Viba as well for a while that, you know, I'm just going to name my channel this. And then she said, yeah, it sounds interesting. Go ahead. And uh, He got the idea because I named him like MZ on my phone. Yeah, I saw it on uh, her phone and yeah. I'm like, that sounds really and cool. And then I had like... 10 different MZs because we travel and all of that. And then it became MZEE. -E. So right. I add a couple of E's to it. <laughs> yeah. And then cars to it. It was picked up quite well yeah. with the audience. So I, I was see. like, yeah, that's a good name. So you've driven about 100 different cars. 100, yeah. Different cars from 
various manufacturers about whatever is available in the UAE. Mm-hmm. I pretty much stress driven all of them except the Chinese cars. Mm. So these are all traditional internal combustion engine cars. Have you driven electric vehicles? Of lately, I have driven a few electric cars as well. Mm-hmm. And most of them are either hybrids or the naturally aspirated, the ICE cars. Yeah, and to dumb it down, these are fuel cars. So basically. ICE is internal combustion engine yeah. car. So not a Tesla type of battery-powered car. Tesla, unfortunately, doesn't give any test drives to Ooh. the media because I don't know why, because okay. they don't want to. I've tried getting some of them on the channel, but they are quite reluctant, probably because I am quite direct sometimes. <laughs> mm. But it's just a regional-wide thing. They don't give cars for reviewing okay. to anyone. So have you driven other electric battery-powered cars? I have driven cars from Hyundai, uh-huh. Nissan. There's also recently I've done Audi. I've been to launches of BMW electric nice. cars. They haven't handed out any test drives yet. But yeah, I've, I've attended a fair few launches as well as I've test driven a few. Because in UAE, you currently don't have a lot of electric car mm-hmm. options. They are penetrating into the market. So with the gas prices also increasing yeah. everywhere, yeah. I'm sure a lot of people are considering if now is a good time to shift to electric vehicles or battery-powered cars. But what are the kind of options that are available currently in the market? If I were a a car enthusiast or a race enthusiast, or if I cared about different things like safety for my family, would I find all of these different types of cars within electric vehicles? So electric cars are penetrating into the market, but not all models that we see outside are still coming here. Mm-hmm. For numerous reasons, because of the production delays, the regional specs, sometimes manufacturers don't want to change those and then get it here because there's a lot of R&D mm-hmm. that they have to do to get that done. They have to get it tested out here, which takes a fair few months before it's out on the roads. So it's all these problems because of which they don't get into that plus Mm -hmm. traditionally middle east region is more dominated by petrol powered Mm -hmm. cars right now so there is still a bit of hesitancy from the consumer as well because fuel used to be cheaper before Mm -hmm. fuel used to be cheaper yes yes. but even though right now the fuel is expensive yes the electric cars i don't see them or i don't know if it's too early to just give that result right now early into this podcast But it's still a midway kind of a solution between, Mm -hmm. you know, going fully electric and having a vision for going into that. Because there's a lot of development that needs to happen around it first. Right. So there are hybrid cars now. Those are internal combustion cars that have a battery to store electricity on the go while they're braking. Yeah, right. so there are different models of hybrid cars as well. So one where the electric motors would initially accelerate the car up to 20, 30 kilometers per hour. Mm-hmm. They have their own small battery inside and then they will have a range of about 15 odd kilometers. So you drive till that point on pure electric power, but the speeds are below 40 kilometers per hour. Mm-hmm. And then the engine kicks in. I see. Then electric motors make sure that they just keep, you know, filling in those power gaps in between. Okay. So 
that's how you save fuel on yes on because the at distance. the lower levels you are just using pure electric motors so hybrids would give uh, gas mileage or gas consumption per kilometer or miles yeah. what double that of ice i wouldn't say double like let's say for example right now i have a, a two liter engine mm -hmm. and that is a hybrid car and that has say 60 kilometer 60 liters of fuel tank capacity now combined with the hybrid motors and everything it would give you about 800 to 850 kilometers of range from your standard 600 kilometers 650 i mean it's all down to your driving style you can burn the fuel mm -hmm. down in 500 kilometers as well but if you're being very conscious about your driving style then you can easily do around 800 850 because i've managed it in a couple of toyotas as well the rav4 hybrid mm -hmm. there was also the corolla hybrid those are the new ones right now in the market so i have driven those hybrid cars as well and i was i was struggling to actually empty the tank out of it so. i see because they are that good in terms of the fuel economy. So for a two liter car with a 60 liter tank, yeah. it gives 800. That's about 13 and a half kilometers yeah. per Realistically, liter. Realistically, 15 to 17 kilometers is what you can squeeze out from the car at best. I know there are lots of claims of 25 kilometers 22 kilometers but realistically because you accelerate and decelerate so much and in especially the, city, the yes the speeds are so high out here average of around 100 kilometers per hour so at that speed it's gonna be around 13 to 15 to max 17 on a long cruise so it's not that far different from just regular ice cars exactly that's okay. my point. So the best situation right now is either go hybrid or there are downsize options. So the downsize option is you have a 1.5 liter engine, which is a turbocharged engine. Now that helps you with you know having mm. the same amount of fuel economy, the range and everything while reducing your consumption as well. The problem is that when you introduce the turbocharger, it adds another level of intricacy yes. into the engine. Yes. And because of that, there are more issues in terms of the turbocharger failure, plus the regional problems of having high heat. Turbochargers mm. don't usually like that. So I see the high heated air okay. that goes inside. So just to rephrase, so you're saying because of the higher gas prices yeah. for a regular consumer, the options are at this moment, a hybrid car to save on fuel prices yeah. or a smaller engine that has turbochargers turbochargers okay or a smaller engine with lower a small power. engine in general is also yeah enough so here's another problem with electric cars the bigger the cars you need bigger batteries bigger mm -hmm. motors bigger batteries because you obviously need a long range and there's a lot of weight now you put more weight again the logic is you need more power to drag that more mm -hmm. power means more consumption from the battery. So yeah. there's an endless, it's, it's a cycle. cycle. So I want more power, I'll put more batteries. Again, mm -hmm. there's more weight. I'll put more power. Again, there's more batteries. So, so until and unless there is another solution where there are lighter battery packs, then it makes sense to have it bigger put cars. on bigger cars. Exactly. So, so there are there are, yeah. there are a couple of pickup trucks as well. So right now Ford F-150 has been launched in that one. Mm -hmm. In an electric, pure electric version, there is also a Hummer H3. Mm -hmm. That's also in an electric version. There's also Rivian mm -hmm. RT1. I don't know the exact model name, but yeah, that's a very good solution right now that they have come out with. But again, the range is a problem because you get around 400 miles out of it. And the weight of that is 3000 kilograms, which is 
three tons of it. Mm-hmm. Now that's a huge weight to be yeah. carrying around. So right. you can imagine how much the batteries need to work and the motor. Yeah. Okay. So what are the electric vehicle options in the UAE, let's say in, in, the, in the Gulf region? So currently we have options from Hyundai. There is Ionic, the Hyundai Ionic. Mm-hmm. There's also Chevrolet Bolt. Okay. And what, what are the sizes also? The, the Chevrolet Bolt is a hatchback. Four-door. Four-door hatchback, a small car. There's also Nissan Leaf, which is, again, a hatchback, a small one. Four-door. Four-door. There is also the Hyundai Ioniq, which I said, it's like a small a compact sedan. Again, a four-door, but it looks ugly. Okay. And <laughs> pretty much all electric cars look ugly, by the way. So Okay. Uh, That's a drawback. I'm, I'm going to come to that as well. So there's also electric cars from Mercedes, which is an EQC, which is an SUV. Oh, Four door. So small compact SUV. It's not a compact, it's a mid-size SUV that you can say. Okay. There's also the BMW iX. Again, that's an SUV, a full size five door, five seater, five, five seater. door. Okay. Yeah, SUV. There's also from Audi, the recent one which I've test driven is the Audi RS Etron GT. This is a performance car, two seater. Actually it's four seater, but the, the rear two seats are kind of all right, you can't really too compact. Yeah, or... kids. That car is actually pretty phenomenal for what it is because that's okay. what electric cars can be if you drive that Audi. And there's also Porsche Taycan. There's, okay. That's also based on the same. So Audi and Porsche are basically mm-hmm. the same. And they have the same platform and then they have some more engineering underneath and then they have some different things. If the whole purpose of like electric vehicles was to become more sustainable, then it, it wouldn't make sense to make bigger cars. Because you would, like you said, end up needing more batteries and mm. then it's a vicious cycle, right? Yeah, so, exactly. so unless there is a solution, if your purpose was to shift to electric vehicles for sustainability, then that would not make sense. Mm. So shifting to electric cars, again, is not a problem. The thing is infrastructure, as I mentioned, the source of energy that you get it mm-hmm. from. That should be sorted out. I know there are articles that will say that if the whole world shifts to electric cars, we wouldn't have enough of energy. Mm-hmm. We will have energy. That's not an issue because no one's going to charge their cars all at the same time. So there's no energy issue in that case. We will have energy increase. That's for sure. Energy but demand. That's the, the demand, yes. But that will be around 15, 20% globally if everyone moved to electric cars. Just 20% increase 20%. from present day energy exactly. consumption. Exactly. But it is a problem, right? Because mm-hmm. because there's this article in BBC where they talk about electric cars. And they're saying that by 2030, the EU hopes that there will be 30 million electric cars on the European roads. Yes. And imagine if you'll be like following a routine, right? Go to work back from work and then you probably plug your car in to charge Mm -hmm. so if everybody tries to charge their car between like 6 to 8 p.m when they all get home or while they're during work or during work then then there is a sudden surge Mm -hmm. yeah in demand which which would be quite big yes so and again we are talking about the developed economies not okay the the countries where the infrastructure isn't that great yet but even in a developed country like the U.S., during the summer, there is a higher demand on the grid because of air conditioning requirements, and especially in places like Texas and California. Mm-hmm. So those states, actually, they have recommended their citizens to not charge their cars 
during yeah. the day. So that's the exact point. Like the infrastructure needs to develop. So I have this interesting fact as well. So by 2030, US will have to invest about $125 billion into just expansion of their transmission lines and power generations and everything yep. so that they can handle all the electric cars that are going to be coming by 2030 into US. Okay. So presently, given the smaller number of cars, electric cars, the grids are okay, Fun. but they are- except for summertime, they have yeah. to cut back on charging. But given the expected rise in number of electric cars yeah you're saying that the grid needs to grow alongside exactly it needs to develop at a rapid pace the problem with electric cars is 10 years back electric cars were as a prototype and then the world had a sudden problem of pollution and everything and cut back on fuel so electric cars were the only thing which were half decent or half ready to take over from petrol cars so that became as a mainstream electric cars and then everyone started adopting that as a solution so it went from being some few thousands of electric cars to now we have millions of cars already on road Mm -hmm. now there is not just the electric cars but because electric cars did not get time to fully develop properly there are some more issues which is their waste disposal Mm -hmm. which we are obviously going to cover it up later on but that's one huge issue which is kind of still lurking around in the backdrop right now and plus electric cars haven't retired yet not many cars have retired enough to say that okay we have a huge scale problem right now yeah but if you're seeing like 30 million vehicles by 2030 yeah that's a huge number of you know waste e-waste or electric battery waste that you are so that's a problem in the making that we are, we are not and that's an accepted an problem by yes. governments worldwide so but right. so so what we are basically saying is that the electric vehicles industry is still in a, an actually very nascent stage it mm-hmm. is very much so which is why you see a lot of manufacturers are not going full fully into it yet because they know that's still not an exact solution to whatever our problems are Mm. so they are hanging around they are investing into because we have a lot of laws of carbon neutrality so all of that especially in europe they have to be very strict about that so their carbon consumption has to go down Mm. so that's why they invest in electric cars they are developing all of that but they know that this is still not the solution and it's not the one that we want to figure out eventually because there has to be more ways like the hydrogen power for Mm -hmm. example but unfortunately hydrogen power hasn't developed yet at that pace because mm. of so many issues and storage of hydrogen, yep. the fuel cells and everything. Yeah. Well, I want to ask from a consumer's perspective. Right now, you're saying that given the high gas prices, the options for an average consumer are very few, like the Nissan and the Hyundai. And the, the more options are only available for the, the luxury car markets or the higher end cars, right? In yeah. the electric range. But all these options are quite expensive. Right. Even the basic electric car is still quite expensive to drive around. Because let's say the the Hyundai Ioniq, which I was driving, that was around 140,000 dirhams. Which is about 38,000 US dollars. Dollars. So that's pretty expensive for a small car. It is. It is. And on an average, it's around 200,000 dirhams, an electric car right now. So that's about $55,000 on average. So Tesla is committed to fully electric. But these other manufacturers are the ones that haven't or have to make that decision on how much of their resource they want to allocate to manufacturing electric versus ICE. Yeah. Right? 
But if manufacturers were more involved with even developing the infrastructure, mm-hmm. that would actually help pick up the whole EV scene out here or anywhere okay. in the world. Right? Because they already are manufacturing the cars. So if they even invested in actually helping out with setting up of the charging stations with all the help needed, mm. I think that will help. Because currently in UAE right now, we have only one from Tesla and mm. from Diva. That's what we Diva have. is the Dubai Electricity and Dubai Water. Electric Water Authority. Authority. Okay. So that's a government, private government entity. Yes, private government entity. There are some apps with which you can check the charging stations where they are. Mm-hmm. in what conditions they are what about malls shopping malls and um, yes shopping malls do have yeah from tesla and those are teslas those are tesla no uh, i mean so the superchargers that tesla has that's only reserved for them only tesla, tesla doesn't cars. share that with any other manufacturers mm-hmm. right now but the standard ones so there are different charging capacities that you have so your two kilowatt charging capacity chargers there is 7 kilowatt there is 22 kilowatts there is 50 150 then there is 250 and up to 300 now in 250 kilowatt you can charge your car in 15 minutes oh wow but that's only reserved for tesla okay and the other ones let's say about 50 kilowatt per hour which is so those chargers are going to be somewhere around two hours two and a half hours okay so that will take that long. So unless you have so much of shopping to do in the mall, right. it's fine. Okay. You can go in there and get your car charged. But there are not enough of chargers yet. Like you will find four or five chargers. Mm. That's about it. Now, there are chargers available at uh, certain workplaces in the buildings. Mm-hmm. And also I've seen people install chargers in their own homes. Mm-hmm. So what kind of chargers are those? And those are for all kinds of cars, right? It could be Tesla or Hyundai. or. So there Nissan. are different types of charging pins as well now Mm. that every car gets so there are it depends on what sort of charging feature the car has like if it's an ac charger or a dc charger then there are different types of pins in there that's type one type two and type three i'm not going to go deep down into it because it's going to take a whole long Mm -hmm. yeah an episode of that to understand how those chargers work but now they've started standardizing the whole charging system as well. Like, you know, every manufacturer has to give you the same sort of charger so that you go around and you have the same pin as well okay. available. So, so a what, Hyundai or a Nissan could interchange the charging pins. Exactly. So but not a Tesla. Even Tesla. Even Tesla. So everyone, mm-hmm. which is what? It's across the, it's like your phones. Okay. So a Samsung phone has the same type C pin okay. or an Apple has the same pin. So it's something like that, what they are kind of reaching an agreement to. I see. So when you have a home charger installed, so that's currently through Diva, mm-hmm. which is Dubai Electricity and Water Authority. So you have to place a request. They'll come to your parking lot, wherever there is. They'll allot you an additional because you need more charging capacity. And mm, for that, more, you need more higher kilo voltage of power. More kilo amps. Actually. amps more power. Yeah, power. And, and current delivery, current to, your, delivery. Yeah, to your house. So that's more on the industrial sort of lines where, you know, the industrial grade power mm. that you need. So again, the problem is if you're renting an apartment, you need the permission from your landlord, from mm. your building, and then you can install that. Or if you are the landlord, you need the permission from the building. And if they let you do that, then you can put it. Otherwise, you cannot do that. Okay. And which is why right now, a lot of people, what they do is when they have villas, so they live in that, in their townhouses, and then they can have their own infrastructure of charging. So every night they can come back, charge it, 
use it for the day, come back again, do the same thing. And those are trickle chargers, right? Slow trickle chargers? No. So you can put the ones which are available from outside the manufacturer. So there are other companies apart from these guys. So you can have like a 15 kilowatt hour or 22 kilowatt, but that's about it for now because 50 kilowatt is having a huge capacity in your own home. Mm -hmm. So that's that's more where you will find your Neva yeah. charges outside. So 15 kilowatt. That's fi that's going to take six to seven hours, 15 kilowatt. Okay. So it takes six to seven hours to yeah. charge on a 15 kilowatt yeah. charger. And a 15 kilowatt would be about 15 electric heaters, right? So that's yeah. quite a lot of power for a house because yeah. most power most houses use about two kilowatts at any given time. Yeah, so which is why manufacturers give you a two kilowatt per hour capacity charger as well, a small one. Hmm. Now, if you plug that one, it's going to take about 16 to 20 hours. 16 to 20 yeah. on the trickle so charger. So you can just plug it into your normal plugs mm -hmm. and then you can charge it and depending on the battery capacity which these days is quite big now because of the range that we want so it takes around 16 to 20 for a, for hours full, yeah yeah for a full charge for a full from charge. zero zero to full okay so if you are to compare the cost of that 15 kilowatt charger that you use with fuel fuel prices would that come out as less expensive it's still going to be less expensive for now. Okay. Okay. So if you have your own facility, it makes sense to invest in an electric car. But again, it comes with its own downside, which is the cost of owning that technology right now, which is expensive cars right now, mm -hmm. the electric cars. Okay. So the cars themselves are expensive. Exactly. But what once you've got one, it's cheaper to run it. Yes. Than buying petrol. So let's imagine that a consumer has purchased an e-vehicle. Hmm. What are the lifestyle changes that they will have to make now that they're driving an electric vehicle from that of an ICE vehicle? Because for an ICE vehicle, you know, you, mm -hmm. you have to refuel mm -hmm. regularly. You go to the gas station and then you do periodic oil changes, yeah. say every 3,000 or 5,000 or 10,000 kilometers. Mm -hmm. And then there's, of course, a tire rotation every 5,000 kilometers, yeah. uh, a yearly vehicle inspection that's, uh, again, with a government agency, Yeah. tire changes every three years. Mm -hmm. Then, of course, there's warranty period services, yeah. six months, etc., uh, etc. Et what are the changes in lifestyle that an electric owner has to make? So from a mechanical perspective, electric cars drive slightly different than your conventional ice. Mm -hmm. So electric cars have also got kinetic energy regenerative braking. So whenever you brake, the car will generate, will convert that kinetic energy into electric power and will store into the batteries again. So that requires a bit of flywheel and all of that mechanism inside. So which is why you can actually drive an electric car with a single pedal without needing the brakes mm. sometimes so the charging levels are there on your car itself there are three four levels based on different manufacturers so they drive differently they do drive differently so you, you have be, to kind of yeah you, unlearn and relearn how to yeah it, you need to recalibrate how that accelerator pedal works mm. and get used to that fact then there is the next factor is planning your journey in an electric car because if you let's say have a long journey the next day and you forget to charge your car you're going to be spending some time in between to charge your car at a petrol station or wherever you find the charger but in a petrol powered car right now what you can do is just if you forget mm. yeah you can just fill it from a petrol station right now because i've i've done already a 
few cars. I've driven mm-hmm. them. And every time I've done that, uh, the first thought that I've always, when I picked up a car is, where do I charge it now? Mm-hmm. And then I'm scouting for charger. Whenever I'm going around, I'm always looking at my range. Mm. It's not just that. The, the range is affected by the air conditioning. Mm. The fan speed, your heated or the cooled seats, if you have that, your headlight, every electrical power consumption, even if you plug your phone chargers inside, it affects very minimum, you know, mm-hmm. range one or two kilometers. But all that counts eventually, you know. Mm. So I've, I've actually tested cars where the air conditioning was lowest temperature, full fan speed, and the range drops to about... 40 kilometers from that strain 40 kilometers from a 300 kilometer range car now 40 kilometers is a lot of range yeah so what i ended up doing was put my fan on just the first level and the temperature on 24 and a towel on my head and then i was just (laughs) driving around so that's the thing and plus it's just that when you go and charge your car if you're lucky enough to find a charger next to your house it's a good thing but if you do not you go to a petrol station which is somewhere around 10 kilometers let's say on an average you drive that much charge your car come back again you lost that 10 15 20 Mm. kilo now for a petrol powered car that's all right because i can fill it back yeah. For an electric car, I've just spent so much time yeah. getting that much of kilometers into the car. And once I drive it back, I've lost that much. Right. So those are the calculations which you start doing unknowingly also when you're okay. driving an electric car. You don't realize, but it eventually becomes, for me at least, a little stressful. Yeah. And it's not enjoyable after that of driving a car. But in terms of the maintenance, it's pretty much standard like any other electric or a road going car. So you have 30,000 kilometers or a one year servicing that you have to do services, just, you know, topping up your fluids like your washer fluids, wiper blades or general checkup of all of that. Because there are no mechanical components. There's mm. no gearbox inside an electric car. So there's no oil change or an engine oil change and all of that stuff that you okay. would usually find. And these are annual. These are annual. The maintenance. Maintenance, yeah. So it's not every three months. It's no. annual. There's also one more point which I wanted to add was the battery pack uh-huh. in the maintenance itself. Your battery is like your phone batteries or any other batteries. They will start degrading the more you use it. Ooh. So eventually, you know, replacing them is going to cost you around fifteen to 20,000 dirhams a battery pack. Okay, of it. so that's about 5,500 a year dollars oh yeah in for, terms of dollars yeah for changing the battery pack and you yeah. do that after what five years it depends on the degradation of the battery because mm-hmm. the manufacturers would usually give you around eight years of warranty and also they would give you a hundred thousand miles and eight year warranty the manufacturers but if you just cross that they will replace it for free of course if it's within the period okay but if you cross on if you just have a five-year warranty and if you say degraded up on the sixth year itself, then these are the costs that you're right. looking at. But so, throughout that eight-year period, the life of the battery is reducing. It so is reducing. The range is very reducing. slowly and steadily. Yeah. So let's say, for example, on the first year when I had a 400 kilometer from an X pack ba- battery pack capacity, 400 kilometers by the third or the fourth year, it would reduce to around. 300 and yeah that's a five-year degradation Mm. of your battery so that's about 25 percent degradation in the battery so that affects the resale value then of the car because if you're buying let's say a used car a used electric car and let's say it's four years old you would expect that the the battery would die out in a year yeah and so you would not offer a high price to the seller 
right so which is why when i started electric cars are fairly new hmm. there are not enough where we've seen cars being old enough to be sold yeah all the cars are quite new 3 4 years old and most of them are under warranties from either teslas or their respective manufacturers so they would have replaced them once that goes away that warranty i don't know how much expensive that cost is going to be for the end user after that hmm. okay so that uh, does bring up some questions we should deal with in the the environmental uh, impact one more sorry because mm-hmm. even the battery life is affected by the amount of charging and discharging that you mm. do and yes. the temperature in mm. the region so batteries are quite sensitive to temperature as well so to higher temperatures to higher temperatures or even colder temperatures Ooh. so the optimum temperature for a battery is around 25 degrees centigrade okay if it's around that temperature the batteries work really fine they will go a longer way as well but the reason i don't know if you observed your own phone batteries they die in couple of years mm-hmm. here compared to batteries in let's say a european country where the climate is cooler slightly so there the battery would last another 6 months longer hmm. because of the constant degradation and the discharging and charging all of that so now manufacturers what they are doing is they are putting a whole system inside the batteries where it pre-warms or pre-cools it when you are charging the battery oh dear okay <laughs> that's energy consumption again more stress okay <laughs> Would you recommend electric cars for large fleet operators let's say you know like delivery service companies mm-hmm. even policemen or postmen would you recommend electric vehicles if a company is capable to have everything laid out like in terms of the infrastructure by themselves why not it's a good option because already if you read the news last week that dubai government is introducing tesla taxis as well out here. Mm. and there are also private operators that have met obviously when you go for electric car charging you come up with your own community where you meet people out there as well so i met someone out there who was a fleet operator he was driving a tesla model x for good four years now he was pretty happy because mm. he was charging it and for him it was making sense and he was getting because he had an upgraded pack as well so he had a bigger battery so he would get 600 kilometers of range and he had free charging right now from diva so why not it makes sense it's a good way to reduce the burden slowly and steadily mm. so you're saying it does make sense to fleet operators who have their own infrastructure exactly or they can manage or have, outsource it or so. have their own yeah. points of charging mm. built somewhere in the community or on roads or wherever they are so their own guys can go around charging their cars because obviously they will also need that mm. we don't have enough charging stations here yet and if everyone all these guys just start using those then where are the consumers going to go charging their car okay so let's now delve more into the sustainable side of uh, electric vehicles. Mm-hmm. Do you think electric vehicles are sustainable to manufacture? I mean just in the the factory or electric so manufacturers. Ele- so you have to understand what electric cars are made of first. They are motors. This is a very basic thing, mm-hmm. okay? Motors, batteries, the car itself. Now we already have everything for making a car, metals and everything. But the problem that comes there is the battery pack. You need mm. to understand where the battery pack is being made. Even before a car is made, the battery pack itself has traveled so many places and all the elements that have been scattered around from the world. So, I have another fair few numbers and figures out here. Oh yeah, let's hear it. So, first of all, in order to make a battery itself, you need lithium, mm-hmm. cobalt, 
nickel manganese all these elements inside it now lithium manufacturing is not the most sustainable one like mm. you know mining not the manufacturing but mining itself because the mining itself destroys the soil structure wherever that has happened oh dear and it also leads to a complete drying of the water beds wherever they are being mined from the mm. lithium so lithium mining affects the water the sources. water beds and also destroys the soil all of it and this is even before we've started using the lithium in an in a in a car so mm. we've already had the destruction done okay if i were to play the devil's advocate there mm. um, the mines for fossil fuels renders them that land unusable for agriculture or living right so similarly the lithium mines also renders the, the that land unusable for any other purpose i kind of agree with you on this mm-hmm. so here's my argument is that then you cannot call the electric cars as an pure sustainable way to go into the future mm. because if even the fuel is destroying that then so is the lithium mining or whichever elements that we are mining mm-hmm. even that is causing the same level of destruction that's true it's kind of whichever option is better or whichever we should just continue with so yeah. so what what needs to be compared is that obviously during the manufacturing and then during the operation and the life cycle of the whole ice or conventional car it will need fuel yeah whereas when it comes to an electric vehicle it's the initial probably investment that you make yeah but then if you have a clean energy source then over the life cycle are you doing less damage to the planet mm-hmm. then Good you're point. doing less damage but the battery pack is made in a certain country it's shipped to another country where the car is being manufactured the car is manufactured again that car is sent to different countries so that people can drive it now you can calculate the carbon cycle already in this much mm-hmm. even when the manufacturers are making those batteries the elements are shipped from different countries in the world mm. there are also some lithium reserves that a lot of countries have so chile has 8 million tons of it Mm. right now these are predicted ones australia has 2.7 million tons argentina has 2 million china has 1 million portugal makes another few and globally we have a reserve of about 14 million tons of lithium and out of that that is being used for your phone batteries mm. your normal double a triple a size batteries vapes everywhere <laughs> yeah. you name it and everywhere we are using those batteries and in the car packs as well battery yeah. packs and whenever th- this is mined so australia is actually one of the biggest mining country to ship lithium everywhere in the world right now followed by chile china and argentina so australia produces about 51000 tons of lithium a year now imagine how much of cobalt manganese and nickel that we need after that and then just this part and then we still don't have a solution for recycling of our batteries yet So that's another level because we have a lot of processes but those are so unsustainable mm-hmm. and I can discuss that as well you're going to be shocked as to how much energy is spent again into recycling the car batteries or any batteries mm-hmm. because a lead acid battery is easier to just recycle than a lithium than a lithium yeah. because wow. it's the way how they are made so the lithium battery pack I have you had a chance to look at the car batteries Ever? I've seen they they look like regular dry cell batteries yeah. you know double yeah. A's exactly that are all soldered together soldered yes so what they have is like they have smaller cells and all are 
structured into smaller square Pants. rectangular mm-hmm. shapes and then packed into different in uh, arrays in, uh, in arrays and then you have a whole pack out there after that and then inside individual cells they are all glued together as well inside hmm. and all of them are connected and then you get with copper with copper there are special glues industrial glue by the way which mm-hmm. actually is a lot more harmful when it goes into the recycling phase mm. because this glue is quite difficult to break it the whole point is that these battery pack have to sustain the daily abuse use mm-hmm. vibrations of the car so they cannot crack and then in order to break them down you need to follow more processes first mm. to recycle them right that makes sense okay we discussed about the ability of the electric grid to support large-scale adoption of e vehicles mm. so in your opinion the grid capacity has to be expanded we need more power generation plants plants and but um, the ones that produce at least decently clean energy so you would recommend clean energy sources again they have their own drawbacks so if we could switch to a cleaner electricity generation method and if we had some alternative to lithium storage or you mm-hmm. have a geothermal option but okay. that's not everywhere right that's true I, well we do believe that geothermal is everywhere but it's not reachable because it takes about you have to drill for about 20 kilometers yeah about 10 to 20 kilometers to get to the geothermal heat source yeah in most places yeah so we do need a more reliable mm. clean electricity source mm. and right now in my mind only nuclear is popping up because the others are just not reliable so are e-vehicles also something that we can recycle to make it more sustainable and what would be the end of life process that it can possibly go through I mean, we have a ton of like used car markets here that we've seen that have so many of these ice vehicles. Uh, some of them likely end up in a junkyard. But what would happen with an e-vehicle? So yeah. a lot of components from the car can be used in an electric car or so. But that depends on what different manufacturers are producing in and putting it in their car. Like, for example, for a petrol-powered or a fuel-powered car, a lot of manufacturers would collaborate and then have common components. Like if you have a Nissan Infiniti, Renault, a lot of the parts, if you look underneath, are shared commonly by them with renault and nissan with renault nissan and infinity uh-huh. so you can just pick some component and then put it into the other one so that's quite possible but for electric cars things get a little complicated because of the modules first of all the electric modules then there is a battery pack that fits in a certain way on a car mm. then there are motors the motors also fit in a certain way and then mm-hmm. they are of a certain power so i don't know if you can just lift them and put it into any other right. car like that so those are the things and then cables and stuff again that depends on the length of it right. of the car how long can you use it for if you just make everything easy the only thing is that the battery needs to be recyclable mm. so you're saying that all the other components are not reusable in other cars for now yes yeah like the not steering yet. wheels the light headlights so headlights all of that are the components are that you made. can th- that you can use on the same model. Okay. You can. Even the steering, because those are electronic steering the these days. So you can use that, the seats and all of that. Yeah. But the other basic components, like for a fuel-powered car in the engine, there are like, you know, valves and mm-hmm. stuff and spark plugs and all of that. Yeah. A lot of things are commonly shared across a lot of other engines and manufacturers. Right. It's like, it's like standard 
components that a lot of it yeah. yeah and anybody can use them that's not yet happening in electric cars where they've started making no where they've standardized mm. certain components it's more use and throw right now for oh for the industry which is what we are still figuring out that the industry is is in its first stage where they are just putting the cars out Hmm. now they will start figuring out what happens once they end, they reach their end of cycle or once they need maintenance bigger ones components all of that well right now it's cell phones hmm. are that way you cannot reuse most of the components hmm. they have hmm. to be crushed and recycled yeah. and electric cars are kind of in that stage now yeah they are modules specially yeah the control modules are not going to be used mm. once they are dead so they pretty much have to be crushed and, uh, and i'm and guessing that because there is a lot of mystery around that what happens to those components yet the only thing we know as of now is what happens to the batteries which is not quite a lot so globally we only recycle about 5% of the total batteries mm. the lithium batteries that we have right now yeah and even those 5% whoever is doing that that's still like a very cumbersome process so the lithium needs to be the battery needs to be dismantled first the cover needs to be taken off then the individual cells needs to be broken down into the smaller ones and then there is also this thing that lithium tends to the whole cocktail of cobalt nickel and everything tends to be very explosive it is explosive if not open correctly mm. and all that is done manually by someone right okay. now not robots or anything so which is what it makes it very dangerous and then even after you separate that out there are a couple of processes right now which are followed in the industry which is called as the pyrometallurgy mm-hmm. so what they do is they just put the whole battery and shred it into pieces yes and then individually they just scout for different elements from that that's right. a very energy intensive process again, it is, yes. in the form of manual labor in terms of shredding it and everything yeah the next process is the hydrometallurgy in which the battery the top cover is removed and then everything is dipped in an acid mm. and then a full gunk comes out of it a black one and then someone sits down and then individually removes all of that yeah. or you again chemically reacting it with Se- more elements separate. and then separate it now okay. think of how many energy intense processes you've already mm-hmm. done on all yeah. these things So we we did tackle the the body of the cars and how we recycle them but the bigger problem is the batteries right you yeah. you spoke about it already mm. so what do you do with these dead batteries and and how do we replace them as well so the dead batteries as i explained there is a long process of recycling them until and unless more manufacturers themselves do that or independent companies start doing it where they start recycling these batteries then it's going to be a huge advantage for electric cars for sure because mm-hmm. if we can find a sustainable and an easier way of separating these elements this is another economy out there already because mm. right now it's just being dominated by just the suppliers yeah of 3 4 5 6 countries whatever we have so they are just giving you the elements and then you are just using it and then putting them in the in a factory or just store it somewhere but what nissan and vw volkswagen have done is they they've started utilizing their older batteries they are only separating them out and then they are using it in their own robots in mm. the factories that they use okay so they use those batteries more in a smaller way so that they keep recycling them i see because they don't need the full power but at least these are decent power okay if you're a customer and if you experience a dead battery mm. what are you going to do I mean, if you're within the warranty period and 
out of the warranty period? What are your options? If it's within the warranty period, you can just send it to your manufacturer mm-hmm. or a dealership. And then they would probably just get it replaced for you for free because okay. it's under but, warranty. Obviously. But is, are things like natural events like floods or um, what else could happen? Floods. No, then, then you're not. <laughs> then even any other, even a fuel-powered, uh, any car is not covered under that. You usually not just have the battery pack, you also have the controllers that are damaged. The controllers are even more expensive than the batteries themselves. Because they are the ones, those are calculating every single thing on your car. The AI. The AI. Everything is inside that. That's the head, mm. the mind of the car. And not just one module. You have like several modules inside any car these days. So you are looking at a pretty expensive option after that. So the best thing is just forget it. Oh dear. Yeah. So basically, you does have stricter laws mm. when it comes the to EU? European Union. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just make, yeah the European Union yeah. does have stricter laws when it comes to what manufacturers do with the electric vehicles towards Mm. the end of its Mm. life cycle and and that's why we are seeing all of these manufacturers like nissan and volkswagen that you mentioned Mm -hmm. are trying to get involved in this process but it's still very early stages there's they're still not able to scale this yet so that is something that will still take time Yes, they are developing. In fact, Volkswagen has come out with its own recycling plant in Germany. Mm. But the batteries that they do are about 3,000 packs. 3,600 batteries. 3,600 batteries a year. That's about it for now. Yeah. 3,600 battery packs a year. Because it's still in its very nascent phase. So probably they are just trying to improve their recycling process by being more efficient. So they are finding ways. But the good part is that the battery has a lot of components that yeah. are not available as raw materials in these countries. You know, right. a, a lot of it is coming from outside. So yeah. So there are a lot of components that can be reused. Hmm. Which is why if someone cracks it out properly, you have all these elements that can be sold again and it can become like another recycling so option on that. This is a an opportunity. It yes. is for it's a, a new line one. of businesses for whoever figures it out. Okay, well that is positive. Exactly, and we like positive things on yeah. this show. <laughs> I mean, it's more if the robotics are the way to go for these battery mm. recycling process because given the dangers of handling them, mm-hmm. if we have a full automated factory, yeah, you can then have a very seamless recycling process out there. Okay, so this is not for junkyard um, no. repairmen. No, not okay. anyone just going there and opening it up. So this is a complete lifestyle change. I mean, a complete cultural change when mm. we when we switch to In electric a lot vehicles. Of ways, yes, yeah. in terms of driving style, ownership experience. And the recycling. And the and recycling the as well. Yeah. And I feel like we're still in early stages, so we will see some of these really amazing cars, amazing innovations mm-hmm. come out now. Yeah. Like you spoke about the Audi e-tron, Porsche Taycan, how they are bettering what Tesla has already done. Yeah. Those cars that will become even vintages maybe or classics, we'll, we'll, mm. we'll see those cars come in maybe. They are more yeah. performance side of cars. Yeah. The, the day-to-day ones are more from Nissan, Hyundai. Hyundai. VW has come out with its ID4, ID3, the ID4 Cross. So many cars. But they are they haven't gotten them here yet. In the UAE. In the UAE. 
but eventually they will. Mm-hmm. There are lots of options that we will have in future for sure. All right, Mitesh, what are the alternatives to electric cars? As I mentioned, mm-hmm. hybrid cars are more so uh, more ice of an option. Hybrids. Ice hybrids okay. are more of our solution for now. Because we now. are extending the range. Mm-hmm. We are also getting the best of both worlds, which is electric and the petrol. And it's still not that expensive mm-hmm. in terms of the ownerships because now the tech has developed so much that the costs have come down as well. Mm-hmm. Or the next option is a downsized engine if you are okay to drive with those instead of your V8s and the V6s. Mm. But are there other sources of fuel that we can use that are more sustainable? Biofuel? Biofuel, yes. But biofuel also has the tendency to damage the engine if used in a lot of quantity. So it's all that goes inside the cylinder. So they tend to damage the inside of your heads and everything. Mm -hmm. In UK, they've started using, I think, 15% ethanol. Mm-hmm. inside yeah in the, the u.s too, the u.s too yeah brazil so everywhere so they've started time. doing that but it's not that we can fully go into a hundred percent biofuel what about fuel cell cars which are electric fuel cells when they started off 10 years back that was pretty promising but right now there is only i think toyota that manufactures a fuel cell car which is a mirai which is a beautiful name car yeah it's in its second generation so in uk they've already started selling at four stations in uk total hydrogen station oh hydrogen compressed hydrogen compressed hydrogen you can put it in your car and then you can run it that is the scope but it's still quite on a very small scale unexplored Mm. still it's very unexplored it's only Mm. in a few countries handful of countries that's it Mm. it's a very promising tech Mm -hmm. but again the storage of hydrogen is an issue right right because it's quite dangerous especially if it's in your car right because there's nothing smaller than hydrogen right to store it which is what we are facing the problem Hmm. yeah it's it's always great to have like diversity in terms of the solutions that are available because you don't want i mean it would be it would be interesting to see how when a a, a huge percentage of people 70 80% of people have shifted to electric vehicles and how that demand on the resources energy resources pans out but if we had diversity in options like for instance these fuel cell yeah. cars hybrid cars electric cars i think it would kind of spread out mm. that burden on the grid yeah okay but but it does make sense to for now focus our energy and resources on fine tuning this option the electric car option that we have because it does take a lot of research it does take a lot of resource it's yeah it's already taken years to perfect plus yeah. let's not forget we've already done a lot of research on fuel powered cars mm-hmm and now we've nearly perfected it to make it the most efficient right now, what we are seeing. Mm. I mean, these days you can easily go up to 13, 14, 15 kilometers per liter, which is a for a two, for liter, two liter or 1.5 liter engine. Cars. Right. And they don't feel very underpowered. All right, Mitesh. Um, so what do you think of the future of electric cars? Electric cars do have a future. And I, I think pretty much everyone these days is trying or thinking of adopting that idea Mm -hmm. but it's also from the manufacturer level that there has to be more involvement and not just plainly making and selling them because they also have to think of putting in a lot more infrastructure governments will 
be active in this but as much as they are even if the manufacturers get into this it will be much more faster process because mm. they already know the tech they know everything yes yeah. so for an ice car part of the infrastructure comes from petroleum companies right so the, yes. they they handle that part of the infrastructure you know the, the fuel supplies the gas stations and so yes. on that's not handled by the car manufacturers but you're saying for electric cars the infrastructure itself would have to be built partly by the manufacturers because it's growing so rapidly mm. and the guys who have the knowledge are the manufacturers for petrol power there was time to grow on its own at its own sweet pace but for electric cars because it's an urgency and we are looking at a 2030 deadline so the manufacturers are in the best positions to help the individual governments or countries in figuring out this whole and, and they also need a lot of maintenance sort of looking after their standardization required yes the standardization plus more options of being sustainable recyclable materials or coming up with the methods or the techniques hmm. so you buy a car and then you give it back the car but it just doesn't end there there is also a lot of reuses mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. everything is going on okay all right well that is a positive note so electric cars do have a future and it could be a bright future but yeah. it needs involvement from the manufacturers as well as new industries to be developed for recycling the batteries and the components and so on yeah i mean there could also be a third party industry that gets involved in building all of these charging stations yes. Yes. providing these additional service or after sale services there are there are there are quite a lot of private companies as well yeah, that are yeah. involved so that's in this. opportunities for growth exactly. for for industries as well 10 right. years yeah great well it's been uh, very enlightening talking to you thank mitesh you thank you so thank much for joining us today with viba yes thank, thank you. you for inviting we've enjoyed it hope you have a safe drive home thank you so much in my petrol powered car <laughs> for now for now <laughs> yeah so with this episode this is the 10th episode of the season we are wrapping up the circular economy and zero waste season we've tackled a lot of different episodes broadly from looking into what circular economy is to how can we sustain natural resources to food production consumption agriculture and even sustainable energy in season 2 semi philip and i will now take you through some of the other industries other categories and topics where we can have a circular economy it has been a great journey so far creating this podcast and it is so wonderful to have the support to hear from our listeners so please if you have any feedback questions you want us to look into specific topics please reach out to us on our social channels sustainably you podcast on instagram on facebook on youtube and you can find us on all the podcast platforms wherever you like to listen to podcasts we'll see you again with season 2 bye everybody thank you so much bye everyone and please like share and subscribe to the podcast and your channel and my channel <laughs> of course the links will be in the description <laughs> thank you mitesh bye bye